I think like at heart, I'm a problem solver and I'm always like, I'm just obsessed with efficiency and um, trying to do things the best that I can. And I would like always be thinking about ways in which I can improve um, my photography, my workflow, my processes. I remember like, I'm like the kind of person who will email like a software company and be like, hey, you guys should like do like... Not a, not even just like a feature. Like I remember emailing them being like, you should build this product. <laughs> like here's, here's uh, four paragraphs about how to do it. This conversation was recorded in New Zealand and Montreal through the powers of the internet in June 2020. James is the co-founder of Narrative and one half of the photographer duo, Chase Wild. If you don't know what Narrative is, check them out. They're a company dead set on improving and simplifying photographers' workflow. So far, they have released Narrative Publish, which makes photo blogging a breeze, a big fan. And they are currently releasing Narrative Select, which is set to streamline the calling process. You can currently try a beta version of it. Obviously, James and I spent a fair bit of time talking about Narrative, but there's a whole bunch of nice insight about getting started as a photographer. What initially drew you into photography? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. So the first time I remember being interested in photography, I was like, I think I was 10 and there was a photography competition at school. Okay. And um, our, our teacher was pretty cool and like was really into alternative ways of teaching. And so they had somehow arranged for um, a photographer to bring in um, a, a disposable camera for every single person in the class. Oh, cool. And we were kind of just like sent out as 10-year-olds. Um, my class was like, well, I, went, I, I went to school in the suburbs, but we had this classroom in the city, which you could be a part of. Um, and so we were like out in the city just like shooting, I guess, kind of like street photography stuff, although we didn't really realize that's what it was. Um and at the end of it, we had a little competition and I had this like beautiful photo of um, the sun hitting this, this building in Wellington, New Zealand and, yeah. um, and like got some kind of prize for it or something. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, and then I think from there, I, my parents, maybe they saw something and just started buying me like disposable cameras and, and then film cameras. And I kind of just, it was just like, it was nothing I ever took seriously. Um, most of the roles are just filled with photos of like selfies of me in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took the first selfie. <laughs> so, but um, then, so then when did that transition kind of happen from it being like a fun little hobby to it starting to become a little bit more of a yeah. professional pursuit? Yeah. Well, um, this thing called Instagram came out. Oh yeah. And, I've heard um, of it. <laughs> Um, Cam, who's um, my co-founder of Chase Wild, um, Cam and I downloaded it like super early on and we were like just playing around with it. And I think I just thought it was like a photo editing app at the beginning. Okay. Because they had like filters and stuff. <laughs> um, and we started playing around with Instagram and like I guess we didn't actually have professional cameras at that stage, but... Um, it just like sparked something in yeah. us and we used to like go out um with our iphones and like take photos and um just like it, it really got us outside and exploring more and through that i think um what was sort of amazing about that is that you're exposed to some really amazing work yeah um, which is really inspirational and um and I think we started to just connect with more photographers and and that sort of thing. And so I, at that stage, I had a few friends who were um, who were photographing mm -hmm. weddings, and um, I was coming out of uni. Um, I actually um, I went for this. I had this trip. I travelled from India to Europe overland, oh, cool. um, and I decided I wanted to document it. And so I went out and I asked one of my friends. I was like, you know, what should I buy? Um, I want to take, you know, shoot, shoot my trip and, 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 um, create a blog. And he was like, oh, you know, like get a, get a 60 Canon 60. And I was like, what's your favorite lens? And he was like, oh, get the 50 L, um, which is like <laughs> fixed 50 millimeter lens. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Went out and bought it. And then 
sort of like got onto my trip and I was like, man, this lens is terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's my favorite lens as well. But like imagine being sort of a, having your first digital SLR and having a fixed 50 millimeter lens. Like it's not wide enough to shoot landscapes. And like at that time I, I wasn't really trying to shoot a whole lot of portraits. And mm-hmm. so it, I think actually it was amazing for me because uh, it taught me to move my feet and I was very, very constrained by having this like, um, like slightly odd first lens for my yeah. SLR. And so if I wanted to like capture a moment or a story, I had to like work out, okay, I need to get this and this and this in the frame. So where can I stand to capture that? Yeah. Um, Did you find that and that... Then that I, sorry, go. No, no, you go. Did you find that that started to... Because like the work that you were doing with Chase Wild, like there's a very distinct style and did that like early stage of being like restricted by that 50 millimeter lens like help influence that style because he had to like adapt and work around it or um yeah i've never really thought about it in that way but like that is my favorite lens to Mm -hmm. this day um and you know it's 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 not sort of your classic documentary lens but um I love capturing as much of the day as I can on it. It just feels really nice and really natural. I don't know if you know this, but if you open up both of your eyes when you have the 50 millimeter lens on, it's like, it looks the same. Mm -hmm. So it's just like your natural um, focal length. Um, Yeah, so it's sort of like your subject doesn't really feel stretched or pulled or in any particular way. Um, But yeah, I think like some of the things that influence our style of, of Chase Wild, um, and, and like I'm probably jumping a little bit ahead here in the story, but um, like here in New Zealand, the light is like ruthlessly st- like strong and bright. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been here before, but if you go outside in the summer, you'll get burnt in 10 minutes. Um, it's always like, like your, s- <laughs> your summer weddings are just like, he- like hectic, bright um, sun. And so we had to sort of like work work out how to work with that kind of Mm -hmm. just always sun um and so that i think you'll see like we work a lot with light and shadows um and then obviously being based in new zealand there's amazing scenery yeah Um, and so we really started like worked really hard early to try and pull as many of our couples like into those more unique places which weren't really being used much early so i remember um, quite early on having a German couple coming to New Zealand they're like we're, we're coming to a lope like um, we want to have our ceremony on a beach and I was like what about like this volcano that's like four hours away like do you want to go there because like that would be pretty cool and they were like um, okay like we trust you but like how do we get there I was like don't worry I'll organize everything like you just come turn up at my house we'll like drive down there um, yeah so I guess we um, kind of had a, a pretty, we had an idea of like the kind of clients we wanted to work with and we really worked hard to get those kinds of mm-hmm. clients and we turned people into those clients maybe. <laughs> yeah. But so with, cause that's something that I always find interesting. Cause I think a lot of like kind of emerging photographers, it's like they have this attitude of trying to be like everything for all clients Mm. and then you're only competing on price but then the more i get like into this industry and like having the opportunity to talk to like you know people who are like firmly established in what they're doing it seems at some point they really focused in on who they were seeking to serve um so i'm just like wondering like how did you go about catering your portfolio to like reach those people and like also yeah, like how did you find them? Mm. Like the right fit for yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you've probably heard this said before, but like photographers will often say you only book what you show. Um, and so if you put your head yourself and sit inside the head of a, a client who's like reaching out to book a photographer, they're not really... L- they're not really objectively looking at your work and thinking like how good of a photographer are they? They're, they're really just looking at the photos and asking themselves like, do I want my wedding? Do I want my photo shoot to look like this? Um, and so actually it, the content inside your images is just as important as 
like the the photographic quality of of what you've captured um and so booking the kind of client that you want early on is can be really challenging because you know if you want couples who um like us were super adventurous then you had to like work out how to get that into your portfolio without Mm -hmm. having that in there or if you wanted to shoot you know um really classy weddings um and you don't have that and you've got to work that out as well so um like early on uh and i think like people do this more and more now but i i just reached out to sort of every florist dress designer um wedding planner and it was like look i'm gonna i'm doing styled shoots um i want to shoot this kind of stuff i would send them mood boards and say Hmm. can you make this happen um and then we would get uh like a model or models and go out to locations that i really liked and um my first portfolio was basically just all styled shoots that were built to look like weddings um so is that and i didn't have is that how you guys kind of did it because like, like I hear that a lot it's like well I don't have the portfolio for that or like I don't know how to find those clients so it almost sounds like I don't want to say fake it till you make it because I hate that <laughs> saying but like re- yeah so just like what was that process of reaching out to like the different people and um, I guess stakeholders to put together like a portfolio that was reflecting the type of work that you wanted to be shooting like how did you go about reaching out to those different florists and like models and whatnot yeah um I literally just sent them an email like and I think they I don't think that you know a florist is just going to put together together a bouquet for someone with no um portfolio and so like my very very first photo shoots I would just like um I remember messaging some of my friends who were girls and I was like, hey, like, I'm just trying to, like, build a portfolio. Um, could I, like, take you out and do a little bit of a photo shoot for you? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, sure, of course. I'd be like, cool. Um, do you have a white dress? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, why? I'm like, do you think you could wear it? <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it was, like, kind of like, um, <laughs> it sounds so bad now. Um, but like, I kind of just like tricked them into doing bridal shoots. I didn't trick them, they knew what I was doing, but (laughs) so then I kind of like, this is very, very early on. Right. Um, and, um, and that's sort of how I, I started to build the very first, um, parts of my portfolio and then, and then reaching out to, you know, a florist or a dress designer or a wedding planner, um, with something in the in my portfolio already that they kind of could look at and go, oh wow, that is quite beautiful. Okay. I, it would be worth working with that that person because because obviously there's mutual benefit because um, you know like a florist might have these really interesting ideas that they want to do or maybe there's something that they want to get into their portfolio as well which they haven't had a client hmm. book because because um, everyone's still booking like the same thing that's already in their portfolio so. So I would always just say to them, like, whatever you want to do, just, like, make it crazy. Um, and then maybe, like, send them a mood board of some ideas of some things, which could be kind of cool. Yeah. No, that's rad. And then what do you kind of look for in somebody when when you're thinking of collaborating with them? Um, yeah, I guess, like, um, sort of what I just said there is like, I was always looking for something that was a little bit different that would stand out. Um, I, I don't really see it happening anymore, but I think, you know, like back then it it was quite, um, it was a lot easier to get styled shoots into blogs and magazines as well. I think now there's just so much good content from real weddings that, you know, mostly, um, you mostly just see real weddings and blogs and magazines. And so I was kind of like, look, like I know that the, blogs and the magazines want super different mm-hmm. um on the edge of um you know what's going to be cool and so that's sort of what i was i was just looking for people who had that sense of creativity i guess yeah nice and then how did this old um transition into chase wild start yeah. starting that up with your buddy <coughs> yeah so um yeah okay so i did that big trip um india to europe 
started this photo blog on Tumblr. Um, I wish I'd just done it on Instagram. I don't know why I didn't do that. <laughs> um, someone, one of my mates had seen it while I was traveling and was like, hey, you've, like, I love your photographs. They're, they're awesome. Um, would, you, would you shoot my wedding? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I'd kind of had it in the back of my mind yeah. that it would, like, I'd like to get into to weddings. Um, I, had, I didn't have any like, sort of wedding stuff in my portfolio at that stage. And um, so came back to New Zealand and he was like, you know, how much do you charge to photograph a wedding? And I think someone had said to me, you know, when you shoot your first weddings, don't do them cheap because you just get stuck into like this bracket of cheap. Yeah. It's really hard to get out. And so I said to him, oh, I charge $2,000. And um, he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. Sounds good. And he booked me and, um, and I charged $2,000 for the first wedding that I ever photographed. And um, they were good. Like, uh, they, they loved the photos. And um, I, like, I worked really hard to yeah. ensure that I, that, I did, that I did a good job. And, and I had just returned from overseas. So I didn't have a job. Um, uh, I didn't, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And so I got these images up online as quick as I could. And it was the beginning of the summer here in New Zealand. And within a month I'd booked five more bookings. Oh shit. Um, and they were all within the next five months and they were pretty much one a month. And so I say like the day that I shot my first wedding was kind of the day I became a full-time wedding photographer because... I wasn't doing anything else at the time. And so I would just spend all day like, like watching YouTube videos, like trying to like consume all the content I could that could help me improve my skills and, and my business and, and so forth. Um, and then what happened from there? That was June that year. Um, Cause our season's opposite to you. So I had this winter wedding in, in June it was like my fifth or sixth wedding. It was this amazing DIY wedding of a friend of a friend. And um, they looked amazing. These like wild horses turned up um, during our photo shoot. And yeah. the whole photo shoot was through sunset because it was winter. Um, so everything just like all these like fluky things just happened. And the, the images looked amazing. And then they, um, I think that wedding got published in, in a magazine here in New Zealand. And then... From that June to the following June, I ended up photographing 30 weddings. Oh, shit. Um, and actually, maybe it was more. <laughs> I ended up shooting a lot, lot yeah. of weddings <laughs> in, my, <laughs> in my first season. And I knew that it was kind of too many. Um, but I was also kind of just like, look, like this is a baptism by fire. I'm just going to try and work out everything I can. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's kind of that was um that was how i got into wedding photography at the same time um cam the other half of chase wild um he was going through a similar journey and he'd booked like a similar amount of weddings that summer um and we were operating under two separate brands okay. but we just loved shooting together so every opportunity we had, we would just go and shoot with the other person as well. So not only did I sort of shoot that 30-odd weddings, but um, we also shot, you know, a, a bunch of additional ones together. We were basically shooting every weekend. I think um, one weekend I had three back-to-back weddings. Holy. <laughs> um, and through that journey, we were like, oh, man, it's really awesome working together. Yeah. Um, and it... It's it's I don't know it's it's really great working on a project with someone and so we decided look like why don't we just join forces um, and create a brand and um, you know like it's probably going to be better with two of us and so we'd kind of been shooting together um, through that time but made this decision quite early that if we were going to join forces then we weren't going to shoot together because you know I guess if we if we're at the same wedding, then we can only shoot one wedding on a mm-hmm. day. Um, and so if we're shooting separately, then we can effectively shoot twice as much work and therefore make twice as much. And so um, that's sort of how we, we started Chase Wild. And, and what it meant was like, um, 
everything that we were learning individually, we would teach each other. Um, nice. We'd come together and be like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, um, I was shooting at sunset and I found this really awesome way to like use the light like this or, um, uh, you know, have a look at these photos. I'll show you how I, you know, made this shit location look good. So yeah. we're constantly like educating each other. Um, and, and the stuff that sucks about running a photography business, like um, keeping your website up to date, running social media, you know, managing bookings, doing emails, all that kind of stuff. We were able to, to share that load, um, yeah. which was awesome. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of Chase Wild and, and um, yeah. And like, cause like for the long time, I like kind of had a similar like experience. Like I used to uh, do a lot of projects and collaborations with my buddy Ryan. And I'm just, curious to hear your thoughts on like like how did that kind of like creative partnership like influence your work and kind of having that trusted voice where you can bounce ideas off and get like honest feedback which I think can be hard to come by especially like in a way where you like trust it and you don't just want to like tell somebody to shut up you know <laughs> yeah I don't know I think we're both pretty I think we had a pretty similar idea about what we wanted our mm -hmm. work to look like. Um, and we would constantly just influence each other's work in positive ways. And I think, you know, there were times in which our work might have looked slightly different. Um, but somehow we, like, just continued to amalgamate it. And which is quite a weird thing to do because especially as like photographers we think about ourselves as artists you know but like when you're running a brand with another person it's really important that you have the same style mm -hmm. like people would come to us and well it, it wasn't very often that a client would um sort of say you know is, is one of you going to photograph the wedding and, and if so who and 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 we would just say to them look like you can choose either of us like have a look through the website and like if you can work out who shot what <laughs> or not specifically who but like you know which that these weddings were shot by one person and these were shot by another and then just tell us which ones you like and like you can book that person but yeah. you know you couldn't work it out um because uh, because our styles were so similar so yeah i think um i think just we we spent a lot of time talking about how our editing styles our shooting styles we had um all of our um our lightroom presets lived inside a dropbox and so um and actually for a lot of the time at the beginning of chase wild we weren't living in the same city and so we'd just be like talking to each other and be like mm. look like i've made a new preset um it's in the dropbox and then the other person would start playing with it and then we would like adapt it we like had set it up so that it syncs directly into lightroom as well so um, you just need to close Lightroom and then reopen it, and then like the, all these new presets would just be in oh, there cool. from the other person. Um, and so you just like play with the the other person's preset, and then maybe like adapt it some more and be like, oh, I just changed the greens a little bit this way. Like it works really well in these situations. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it was quite amazing how sort of bouncing off each other really helped us progress and push our style forward yeah. yeah and when you're building a brand from the ground up like what are some important things to keep in mind yeah um we kind of talk about this a bit in our workshops and um I, I, you know like we kind of touched on this earlier but i think the most effective brands of, are really specific in terms of a particular style a particular niche um uh, and go after a particular kind of market because mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean it goes back to what I was saying earlier as well like when when someone is booking you and looking at your work they're they're looking at like the content of those images and what those images look like and asking themselves like do I want to look like this and so um we knew early that um we wanted to shoot a lot of destination work and we wanted to shoot a lot of stuff like outside in the mountains um in beautiful places mm -hmm. and so that was what we honed in on and we shot a lot of stuff that wasn't like that um but we just didn't put it in the portfolio 
um, we didn't show it on the Instagram. And, um, and so I think having a really specific idea about, you know, a, an angle or a market or a niche that you you want to go after is really important. And so, um, like I said, like we wanted to shoot a lot of destination work. And so early on, um, actually right at the very, very beginning, um, Chase Wild, we originally just started it as, um, kind of like a blog mm-hmm. talking about different photographers and we traveled around the world. Um, we just wanted to like go on holiday for a few months. Um, and we sort of like bounced around a bunch of different cities and, um, hit up our favorite photographers from each of those cities. And, and we were like, look like we're writing a blog about, um, photographers who we think are really influential. Could we, could we write about you? And we ended up just making friends with like some of who we thought were the best photographers in the world. Um, and that really helped us to obviously, um, yeah, book more international work. We started sharing bookings with them and they would come and shoot in New Zealand and vice versa. Um, And that was quite like an intentional move on our behalf to try and connect with photographers around the world because we knew that we wanted to shoot um, work. Uh, Yeah. So... Around the world and so (laughs) forth. Um, So if you can, can you go... Can you go back to that moment where you had the idea where you're like, okay, we're going to reach out to like other photographers and like compiling that email because like like I've been in that moment in like different periods of my life and there's always this at least for me there's this like period of like fear of like pushing send on the email and like being rejected or that person's gonna get the email and like show up to your house and be like you're a loser leave me alone like so like (laughs) how do do you go about pushing through that fear and like sending it out yeah. Um, I've never really experienced no? that. And that's not the answer you want to hear. But um, I'm, I'm like, I'm the kind of person who's always trying something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're always trying something, you're always failing at something. And, and I think, like, yeah, a lot of people might try once or twice uh, like a new idea and and then they fail and they feel quite rejected um, or demotivated. But like, uh, I think what was really helpful for us in sort of like meeting each of those photographers was realizing and understanding how hard each of them had worked to be yeah. in places where they had got to. And it wasn't like, um, <clears throat> I think that was sort of my standing memory from meeting who I thought were, the most influential photographers in the world was that holy shit these guys work really hard um and you know like they're 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 putting all of their thought time and energy into creating what they're doing and that's sort of how they're at the leading at the forefront of um of you know photography at that time um and so i think like maybe just accepting that you will get rejected Mm -hmm. like over and over and over again um uh and that happens like all throughout life not just in business but you know (laughs) i don't know everywhere and and that's fine like um yeah i don't know is is that a good answer (laughs) no i think yeah i think it is a good answer and it also just uh your kind of riff there like brings something up for me is like yeah like the more I start to talk to you know like photographers who are up there like people who are kind of like established in their careers it's like yes they work hard and maybe this can start transitioning us into what you're doing with narrative but it's like Mm. the amount like I'm blown away by the amount of thought that goes into establishing like workflow and systems so like for me when I was still shooting in a photographer like I definitely fell into that mindset of like oh I'm like an artist and like it'll just like happen and I don't have time to like think about business because I'm a creative and it's Mm. once you start getting into it and like hearing that it's like so much time is spent on like establishing the workflows or the systems that like take that like the business pressure off so they're able to just focus on like being an artist so 
yeah, hold on. I need to, I need to formulate that into a question. <laughs> so yeah. So then like, w when did you start thinking more about like, if we're shooting these many weddings in a year, like we need to establish our workflow and like, how did you go about that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think like at heart, I'm a problem solver and I'm always like, I'm just obsessed with efficiency okay, yeah. and I'm um, trying to do things the best that I can. And I would like always be thinking about ways in which I can improve, um, my photography, my workflow, my processes. I remember like, I'm like the kind of person who will email like a software company and be like, hey, you guys should like do like, not a, not even just like a feature. Like I remember emailing them being like, you should build this product. <laughs> like here's, here's uh, four paragraphs about how to do it. Um, and I don't know, like, uh, I, I guess I am like, I'm constantly just, like identifying problems yeah. and and, look, and thinking about ways how to solve them and it's kind of just how my brain works um and it actually sometimes it's really annoying because i'm like constantly just thinking about how to solve things and mm -hmm. um and so that means that my brain is like constantly going so yeah i guess like the first problem that used to frustrate me massively that I wanted to address was just the process of building blog posts. Um, I used to spend a day building um, blogs, uh, you know, to, to for stories of, of the weddings I've photographed. And um, the process of photographing, um, uh, of building, the process of building blogs with, you know, Squarespace, Wix, or, or, or WordPress, it sucks. Like, they... <laughs> they build it in such a way that you can put in like, I don't know, once you start to get in more than 20 images into a blog post, the whole thing starts to shit itself. Um, it's really slow. If you want to swap images around, it's really hard. If you want to re-edit an image once you get it in, like you have to go through the whole process again. You're doing the whole thing in like some like shitty um, web browser tech. And like, I was like, look, like this should, and could be simplified. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that was sort of the beginning of, of what narrative is. And so the first product that we built is called Publish. Um, Publish allows you to build really beautiful blog posts quick, simply, offline. Um, it's all drag and drop. Um, we help you nail your SEO. Um, you can add keywords to your images. Um, it gives you feedback about... Um, uh, it's sort of like it asks you what you want to rank for on Google basically and it gives you feedback about each of the elements yeah. within your post to help you um, rank really well for for um, SEO and so forth. And so, yeah, we launched that and um, I, I, I honestly didn't really know sort of like how this was going to go and we didn't really speak to many people when we were building it. We just built something that I wanted and I was like, I'm pretty sure other people will want this as well. <laughs> Um, and we launched it, and I think, like, the, the week that we launched, like, 500 people, like, requested to download it, and I was like, holy shit, actually, this is, this is a lot more than I thought, <laughs> like, in the first week. Yeah. Um, and we had some pretty impressive growth, I guess, over the, 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 the next few months and, and year, and so, um, pretty quickly, I was like, okay, like, we should be taking this... Um, space a little bit more seriously because mm -hmm. no one's really taking the professional photographer seriously like we've got Adobe who you know sort of own this space but they do a pretty shitty job <laughs> at it <laughs> uh -huh. um, and so we sort of took a step back at that stage and we were like look like if we could do anything for the professional photographer with like more resource what would we do um, and so we started working on our product select um, which our team have been building for sort of the last nine months, and we've just announced it. Like today, to select. right? Um, no, so we just we, we announced it a couple of weeks ago, yeah. um, and we're sort of just onboarding our first beta users. Okay, yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, select uses AI to help you cull your images. Um, so, 
obviously, like, you would know there's a whole bunch of things within... Uh, you return from a photo shoot with, like, three to 5,000 images and you want to select, like, I don't know, three to 500, maybe a little bit more. A little bit more. Most of the images in your photo shoot are, like, not great because people have their eyes closed, um, they're out of focus, um, and so forth. And so... Um, the average photographer spends a day doing image selection and like you don't really enjoy that process because it's kind of like zooming in checking the eyes checking the focus like zooming out going to the next image and then sort of like working out which was the best one from each scene and so forth so um i guess like our long-term goal and vision of what we're creating here is we're building machine learning models which will understand photo desirability um, today, what we offer is a product that gives you objective feedback about each um, image in the format of like warning light indicators. So if a person has their eyes closed or they're out of focus, then there is an indicator um, next to their face. Yeah. And so you can very quickly identify the bad images and move on. Um, so you don't really have to go through that process of like needing to like zoom in and, and like navigate around as much. And, and everything is keyboard focused. And so you shouldn't ever need to touch... Um, the mouse and so we can really like start to strip down that that time um that it takes and not just the time but the i guess the pain as well um so there's a bunch of really nice features within that like if you have group photos um you can open up uh the close-ups panel and the close-ups panel shows you just like a crop of every single person's Mm -hmm. face um which is really nice way to just kind of like see everyone's expressions in, in one spot um, zooming in rather than having to like hit the Z key and then like drag to get to the place that you want to zoom to you, you just click the space bar and it just zooms you into the most centered face um, and then you use the up and down keys and it will like jump you across the faces oh, nice, in that yeah. image um, so there's like a whole bunch of really nice shortcuts that that um, that make that the whole process like simple fast and, and seamless and yeah. it's like I think I sort of realized, <clears throat> look, like, if I, can, if I can spend less time at the computer doing my post-process work, if that be blogging or selecting my images or whatever, then I can spend more time, like, making sure that I get more bookings or shooting more or just doing other stuff that I w- want to be doing. Um, and I think that's sort of why... Um, I really want to uh, why we wanted to build these products for photographers yeah. yeah well and I think yeah like being a photographer yourself like you know those pain points and it's so true you know and it's like yeah like what I really love about narrative is that like I see like a lot of things in line with like what we're doing at like image salon and like really trying to give back to photographers or to like take away those aspects that like slow them down and bog them down so they're mm. able to just be free to focus on like you know like totally having a yeah. life and then also like growing their business and those like aspects of being a photographer that you can't necessarily streamline or scale or like outsource or get like a robot to do which is like doing your craft and like developing your yeah. business and like yeah making those connections um yeah and yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, as a photographer, you spend the majority of your time at your computer, not behind your camera. <laughs> um, and like, that just seems super weird, right? Um, and so, like, you're, yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, you guys also are sort of solving that same problem in a different way, and I think that's um, that's really exciting. Yeah, and like we we had a bunch of our callers like uh, give select a try and and the feedback on it was like really positive and like having that ability to like I guess like have the warning lights um so like you're able to like quickly see it has been like huge and yeah it sounds like there was like a lot of excitement from our team and like they see like a lot of promise and I think and also like what I love about what you guys are doing with narrative is just like how easy it plugs into like the tools that we're already using like Lightroom and Photoshop like with publish like the fact that you can re-edit and then it like updates your blog Mm. oh man Mm. that was great (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that was always my biggest pain point. Like, uh, I used to build my website's built on on Squarespace, and mm-hmm. you'd get two images up onto the website side by side, and to do that, you had to like stitch them together with some other program, like whatever. And then by the time you got them up, you're like, oh shit! Like the white balance is different on this one compared to like the one above it. And so now I'm gonna like need to go back to Lightroom, re-edit them, restitch them back together, delete the one off the website, upload the new one, uh, and that whole process is gonna take me like 10 minutes. And so I was like, surely there's an easier way. Um, and that's just like one of the many things that suck about building blog posts. Yeah. Yeah. So then, how has it been shifting from being, I guess, like a purely a creative where it's like you're more hands-on doing like the creating to being like a part of this company where you're like building stuff out and like in a bit of a different role there like how how have you found that transit transition Mm, yeah (laughs) challenging um i i've never worked uh sort of in an office or environment yeah in my life um now we have a team of 11 people and we're hiring for like 10 more roles. Oh, right nice. Now. Yeah. Um, we'll have doubled in size by the end of the year. And with that comes like so many challenges. Um, and yeah, I don't like, I'm not sure how interesting this will be to for photographers, but maybe there are people out there who are sort of like thinking about it, going through a similar journey. But um you know, I think the things that have been really important for me are just getting, like, um, amazing mentors uh, mm-hmm. around me and people who have gone through this process before, um, people who have built product and scaled it, um, uh, people who have grown teams really quickly, um, and just ensuring that every single person that we hire is smarter than me, I think, is the most important part. So, yeah. And I think that's key to building a good team like that's like that's kind of what i love about image salon is that there seems to be like that idea too but like i've worked with companies where it's like the opposite like they don't want people that are smarter than (laughs) them you know it's like i want to continue to be the top dog or um whatever but like in terms of like mentors like how do you go about finding a mentor and like having that relationship because I've always found it a little weird to like reach out to somebody because it always seems like that exchange (laughs) is like incredibly unfair because you're like hey can you give me all your knowledge and I guess I'll give you like unconditional love you know (laughs) (laughs) um I mean this is that same question again right like how do you build up the um confidence to like reach out to a person and like and ask them for something and I think like there's I think there's maybe there's a few other important things which is like you know remember that everyone is always looking for something and like there's always something that you can offer them as well and so for that example earlier where I was reaching out to people in regards to um creating blog posts about them like that's publicity for them. That's like something that they can share about like, I'm, um, you know, someone's talking about me. Um, and so I think sort of like um, understanding what other people's motivations are when you, um, uh, yeah, engaging with them mm-hmm. for whatever that might be um, is probably the most important thing. And then just, have, yeah, having the confidence to just go for it and being willing to be rejected. I mean, I, like I um narrative is actually um like we've raised capital in the past as well um to like bring on some extra cash to help us grow a bit faster and like that process is a process where you get rejected again and again and all the time again (laughs) (laughs) um and you kind of just you push through it and then eventually you find someone who's like equally excited about what you're doing um, and they jump on board and, and, and that's exactly what you want. And so, yeah, I think, um, man, yeah, running a business is just, especially for me right now, feels like forever constantly having to just be pitching myself. And, you know, like I'm pitching myself to and the company to um, potential employees. Mm-hmm. I'm pitching myself to, as I say, like um, different mentors. Um, 
diff different um, like business relationships and so forth and just like helping get if, getting people excited about what we're doing because what we're doing is is pretty cool but um, having the confidence to sort of like yeah just uh, to, to share that like open and honestly I guess yeah so um, yeah so early on I, I reached out to a bunch of um, people here with both within New Zealand and, and out of San Francisco who I really looked up to mm -hmm. and, and tried to find like mutual connections and, and, and got people to introduce me to, to people who I really looked up to. And, and um, I think generally I find in life, like most people are really open, willing and keen to help. Um, and, you know, they all understand that they also were in a similar place to where you are one day. And if you reach out with like just generally a pretty simple request, then I feel like most of the time people, you know, are keen to, to help. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I found that, like I found that too, like just how generous and willing people tend to be with their time. And it's almost like, like what you were saying at like some point they were like in that spot that you were um and people like help them out and they almost want to give back i think it's just like mm. how you go about posing that message because like i've been on the receiving end of that sometimes and it's like there's people who just kind of take this shotgun approach and almost have this like mm. entitled attitude or you know like they're yeah they're the greatest thing yeah, yeah. ever and you should like give them something and you're like what get out of here but then there's like people who like really care about what you're doing and you know and it's like those people you're like like I totally don't know. yeah i mean they've like shown some level of interest in you beyond like their request i think is kind of what you're ident identifying yeah i think also like um, just generally reaching out to people. If you can reach out via somebody who knows them mm -hmm. is always valuable. Um, so um, from a business perspective, I would find people who I was like really interested in meeting and then like get onto their LinkedIn and then work out if I have any mutual connections with them and then reach out to those mutual connections uh, and be like, hey, I really want to meet like XYZ could you introduce me to them? And yeah. that like, that goes so much further. Um, and I guess like that applies to the photography space as well, right? It's harder to work out if people know people, but um, yeah, I think that's always um, a really effective way to, to, to get in front of someone. Yeah, yeah. Like I agree with that. And I really like kind of like that idea of and I think this also like kind of relates to the confidence thing of like trading up the chain, right? Because I think it's like often when we're starting out, we want we want like everything right now. So it's like you email like Elon Musk or something with your like crazy <laughs> great idea, and like there's no way you're going to be able to like enter that circle or chain. But then by like looking at like who are the people around you and like slowly like bringing value to your community and like forming new mm. connections and moving down there. And I think with like confidence, I think, I think that, I think it's just earned like little by little, you know, you make like a little promise and then you complete it and you're like, oh, okay, like I can do that. Like I've, I've shot my first wedding. I can, you know, like go do this now and, just like watching mm. it evolve but like what's yeah like what's the impact you're hoping to have with everything that you're doing with narrative yeah i mean like our goal and purpose is to empower photographers to spend more time doing what they love um and so i guess what that means is building tools that save them time um and building tools and you know what what they love maybe that's more time behind the camera or more time with their family or whatever and so um yeah that's kind of what we exist for and that's what kind of what we center ourselves around <clears throat> when it comes to select um you know i mentioned this earlier but um our goal is to further deepen 
the intelligence of our um, AI machine learning so that we can have deeper insight into photo yeah. desirability. So um, uh, in and through that, we can make smarter predictions about what people um, do and do not want from a photo mm-hmm. shoot. But it's like, this is a step-by-step process of, of getting there. And we need to be able to do that with a high enough confidence um, that it definitely adds value. Because imagine if we just like started making predictions about what was like good or bad and just like started deleting images that you actually wanted. Like that was, <laughs> that's not helpful. Um, uh, and so, we, yeah, where the product is today, we can add value to a photographer's workflow with a high enough confidence that um, it's good, correct, and, and helpful. Um, and I think like what people are really excited about is like the rate at which we're moving. There's updates coming out like currently every second day um, while we're in beta. But um, like the cadence at which our team are, are moving is really exciting. And so like keep your eye on this product because it's, oh, yeah. it's a massive roadmap of features sort of coming out over the next the next six to twelve months. Yeah, yeah. and like I'm really. <coughs> like excited and just kind of like being aware of you guys for the past little bit and just like seeing how I guess like agile of a company you are and also just like I really have enjoyed like everybody on the team that I've had slight like interactions with and yeah I think you guys are just building like incredible set of tools and like bringing a lot of value to the photographers and what would be your like best case scenario with when this podcast interview goes live? Like, how would you know that like this was worth your while and like a success for you? Um, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't really even come in thinking about it from that yeah. perspective. I think like, I'm just excited to, um, to share and give back to the photography community. Um, you know, I think I started my photography brand, Chase Wild, six years ago now. Oh, and shit, yeah. there's a lot of lessons that I've sort of gone through and I've seen. Um, yeah, the the wedding industry in particular take, like, some really interesting, um, like, changes throughout that time. And now is, like, the biggest change ever. Like, what a terrifying time it is for um, every wedding photographer out there. Um, with just like losing all of their work basically overnight, um, and so we've we've been trying to do everything we can to to support um, the the, our, the our photography communities. And so you know, like when that all first happened, we just like gave three months free um, um, to our users, yeah. and um, and have been trying to put out as much resource as we can to help people. Um, yeah, I guess just get through these times, which are really challenging. Well, um, and it's, 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 and it's been like non-stop, and it's like yeah, like as like a world or like society, it's like you're going through so much change, and like I think really important change, but like, at, like it's growth and it's painful, and there's like a lot of like hard questions that we got to like come to terms with but as like it relates to the photography like industry and like covid yeah like that's like yeah it was insane to like see an industry grind to a halt essentially over Mm. night but then what i found incredibly like heartwarming or exciting is just like how quick the photography community rallied around each other and like started to support each other and come um together and like yeah that like that was just inspiring me and like people sharing resources and like you know like i found this way to like shoot a wedding or like i'm doing these like zoom sessions and just like giving Mm. back in that way and and i really like i keep coming back to um like i did a panel discussion like a virtual thing back with um Blair of the wedding, uh, the best wedding, oh man, I'm butchering their website, the world's best wedding photographers. And she had this line that was like, 
the world's not ending. It's just on pause and like all this kinetic energy is building up. And like once this is mm. over, it's going to like explode forward and like everybody's going to be wanting to like celebrate life and like, you know, marriage and love and that type of stuff isn't going away. So the thing that like I've been thinking about and like trying to ground myself in is like, like the hope for a better future and that for photographers, like I think there's going to be a boom after this period yeah. and it's like what can we be doing yeah. right now so that we're able to yeah like capitalize it and like the sad fact is like a lot of photographers won't be able to like make it through this period but the ones that are able to do it like they're gonna have to be picking up those work and like if you're not like if you don't have like the workflow or like the tools in place then it's like you're going to go from like no work and that awful feeling to that feeling of like you're drowning in too much work and like what can you be doing right now to be setting yourself up for that um yeah that's actually a really interesting yeah. point like um there is going to be a boom on the other side of this and a lot of people already are saying like there's going to be a double season um you know so how do you how do you um <laughs> book and shoot uh and deliver twice as many um bookings as you usually would in a summer and yeah like yeah, what are you what what are you doing to like simplify your process now? Um, yeah, that is pretty relevant. I think the other thing that's really interesting about times like this is like economic uncertainty and causes change, mm-hmm. and um, out of change you see creativity and like new ideas and and things forming. You know, like in the last financial crisis, um, Uber, Airbnb. Um, delivery sort of a bunch of these companies which are massive for us now they all came out of that that um the last the last gfc because um it it forced a level of change in people Mm -hmm. and and they were looking for new ways of doing things and so uh undoubtedly we're going to see the same thing happen through this time and it applies to every industry right so um if you're a photographer who's struggling right now, like allow yourself to think a little more laterally. Um, like clients are going to be open to new ideas and you should be pushing for new ideas as well. And through that, I think you'll find ways um, um, to, to carry yourself through this. Um, so Cam, you know, he's still running Chase Wild and mm-hmm. one of the things that he's been doing is... Um, on like Saturdays, he heads out to the beach like before sunset, and he allows clients to book in twenty-minute photo shoot sessions, oh. um, and he charges like four hundred bucks for them, and he'll book you know like five on a day or something like that. Um, that's pretty good, yeah. And that's actually, um, and you know, people will turn up and they want to get like portraits with their dog, or they want to get like a new family photo, or they want to get like a new headshot for their LinkedIn. Or maybe they just want to do a 20 minute like couple photo shoot or something like that. And um, so I think like we're going to see and he, and, he, and he does them like back to back. Right. So so he doesn't have to drive out there because there's like that's the biggest admin and like backing up and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so think about new ways that you can like run your business and generate income through this time. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's like yeah i think that's huge and and like just like for me it's just like trying to keep coming back to uh that thought and like yeah like what like like what are the things that i can be doing to have like a positive impact and like helping you know like shape the photography industry or the world and like the way i want to see it like with my small little like platform or you know circle of influence um yeah and i i don't know i think i think sometimes i'm just like like optimistic to a fault but (laughs) yeah we'll see how it all plays out yeah um yeah totally cool but okay so then people who want to come check out narrative uh select we we have a promo code, but like, where can they check it out for like more information? And yeah. Like so if you want to, um, we're currently bringing on, um, 
early beta users onto yeah. Select. So if you're keen to try it out, it's currently free. Um, jump on over to our website, narrative.so um, forward slash select, and you can request access. Um, we're slowly dripping on users at the moment. Um, and the feedback has just been like, everyone is super excited about it. Yeah. So um, get amongst that. And like you you have the opportunity to be really influential in, in sort of the future of this product as well because we're very, very open ears and trying to um, build this in, in a way that people love it. So if you're the kind of person who, um, yeah, loves to be a part of something like that, loves to think about the products you're using um, and is like, yeah, keen to speak with our team about how we can improve it, then we'd love for you to come on board as a beta user. Um, for publish... Um, if you're not already a published user, then I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know how you're managing your website. <laughs> um, we'll give you guys a coupon code that you can throw into the show notes um, cool. so people can get uh, a discount to, to get started. Um, and obviously, you can find that narrative.so as well. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for taking the, the time to chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Sound, mixing, and music by Philip Creamer. Technical support by Adrian. Adrian, thanks for always fixing my computer. You, sir, are a wizard.